You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobie. It was not to be for the Seahawks as they fell to the 49ers, 41-23 in the wildcard round of the playoffs. And I've gone through every emotion there can be since Saturday evening. I've gone from disappointment to sadness to anger to gratitude to happiness to optimism for this team because they definitely do have a bright future. But I'll bring in my guy, Michael Bumpus, tell you what happened. See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Man Bump, the final score of this game was not a good representation of how close this game truly was. This Seahawks team was gutsy. They battled until things got out of hand in the fourth quarter, but they definitely showed up for sure. Um, But the game did get off to a rough start, Bump. You know what I mean? After getting nine yards on first down by K-9, you're thinking, okay, here we go. They were yeah. unable to move the ball further, punting on that first possession. Ensuing drive, Niners take advantage. Back-to-back explosive plays, Ayuka 19-yard catch, Debo 22-yard run. Going seven plays, 48 yards, settling for a field goal. So, Ben, don't break. Okay, we're doing okay. The Hawks return the ball, or excuse me, go three and out on the next possession, and that's when things got ugly bump. Yeah, that's when we saw one of the most um, elusive players in the game. On first down, Chris McCaffrey takes a toss 68 yards down the Seahawks to their 17. And three plays later, Brock Purdy found him again for a three-yard touchdown. couple missed tackles there. You're thinking, okay, that was just a big play. Let's see if he can hold it down. Uh, But then the game was on the verge of getting out of hand. And, uh, man, instead of the Hawks putting together one of their best drives, they go 14 plays, 78 yards, a nine-yard touchdown from Ken Walker, and it's 10 to 7. And I'm thinking, okay, they go three for three on that drive on third down, something they've been struggling with as of late. Um, but then the Niners just say, you know what? We're going to put something together too. Yeah, they come right back after that Seahawks drive going 10 plays, 60 yards. So the Seahawks, once again, they bend, they don't break. That made the scores 13 to 7, so they're staying in it. And this bump, this this was the moment right here, man. Yep. The Hawks would answer five plays, 71 yards, ending with a 50-yard bomb to DK Metcalf on third down. That made the score 14 to 13. And in that moment, everyone, we were fortunate. We were down in Santa Clara for this game. The entire pre-post broadcast crew was there. But in that moment, Seahawks fans across the world, everywhere, whether it was in Seattle, Monroe, Tacoma, California, L.A., New York, wherever you were at that moment, you were like, we got a chance. Yeah. We're in this thing. Oh, my God. We might shock the world. And that was the Seahawks' first lead. Unfortunately, the, the defense, or fortunately, the defense would force a punt on the next drive. So you're thinking, okay, they are really in business at that point, Bump. Yeah, they, they forced a punt, something you want to see. Then the Hawks' defense will once again bend but not break the hold the 49ers to just making a field goal, making it 16 to 14 with 13 seconds left. In the half, I remember seeing a highlight of DK running into the tunnel. He's all excited. Everyone's like, okay, we're in this. We're in this. 
on the next drive instead of taking a knee. The Seahawks were aggressive, though, man. Geno Smith will scramble, he'll give himself up, and then Jimmy Ward gives, does us a favor. He's sliding, boom, gets his shoulder into him. Jason Myers steps up and shows that, look, I am the pro bowler. I am the guy on this team who is consistent. So then they go into the tunnel, 17 to 16. Lots of emotion. It was quiet at halftime in that stadium. I went outside to kind of hear it and see what was going on. Yeah, it was quiet. They were shook a little bit. Yeah, people were, if you were cheering for the 49ers, people, you're right, they got quiet, They everything got a little tight. It got yeah. tight in there, and at that point, I thought, because of that, a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, he's only in his sixth start, first ever playoff start, would also get tight, having to finally, you know, make him have to try to win a ball game. Unfortunately, things really turned um, at that moment. Coming out of the half, 49ers would go 13 plays, 75 yards, ending with a Brock Purdy one-yard touchdown, the 49ers were 3 of 3 on third down. That made the score 23-17. And that was disappointing. You're really hoping the Seahawks could get a stop. They put them in third down twice. Two of them were third and one. One was third and seven. And they were just bit by explosive plays all game long. The Seahawks offense would continue to move the ball on the ensuing drive, you know, capping off what they did in the first half. They converted on several big third downs, including that third and 12 bump where DK's bobbling in. It actually helps them get the first down. And you're thinking, okay, these guys got it. They still believe but bump, that's where things really, really went sideways. Yeah, it did, man. Gino would find Tyler Lockett for a seven-yard gain on second down. That would have set up a third and two um, from the seven-yard line, trailing by six. Instead, Damian Lewis was called for an illegal man downfield. That made it second and 14 after incomplete pass to DK. The Hawks face a third and 14 from the 19-yard line. You know that's never good. There were a couple of legal men downfields where I'm thinking – Gino got that ball out too quick for anybody to be downfield. It's quick game. Like, you you don't really call that, but I guess they did. Uh, Gino also had a strip sack, uh, and the 49ers would take over. That was the biggest play of the game. When I, when I saw the strip sack, I'm thinking, those are the things that you cannot do against this 49er team. You got to capitalize on every situation. Yeah, the fact that they got into the red zone, you have to walk away with points there. You absolutely, right. it's 23-17. Kick a field goal. Jason Myers just hit a record 56-yard field goal at Levi Stadium in those conditions. So you know that was Gucci from, from wherever they were at in the field. You keep it a three-point game, maybe you can stay in it. With a team this good and this talented, you never wanted to get down by multiple scores, and that's exactly what would happen on the next drive. 49ers go seven plays, 70 yards, ending with a touchdown to Elijah Mitchell on a broken play, wide open, and then you get the two-point conversion to George Kittle which made it a 14-point game, 31-17 bump. And I, I mentioned this in our preview podcast. I said it a bunch throughout the week. I did not think the Seahawks could get down by multiple scores and have a chance to win this game. They got down 10-0 early, but that 14-point deficit was just too much to overcome. Yeah, it was tough, man. Uh, the next drive, they would have, what, penalties on three or four plays and were forced to punt the football away. And that's when the 49ers did what they did, man. Brock Purdy will find Debo Samuel. It should have been a five to six yard game, but he gets loose. He makes people miss. And he went 74 yards for a touchdown, making a score 38 to 17. Those are the type of plays that get the crowd back into it and get them going. And then on the Seahawks next offensive play, Geno Smith was intercepted trying to find Tyler Lockett. At that point, the game was over. Final score, 41-13. It was close for a long time in this game, though. Yeah, man, it uh, that one hurt. That one hurt. Right when, right when. First of all, honestly, when Debo ran up the sideline, I, I, that was when I, I had to take a moment to myself. 
walked out <laughs> of the booth, had to go for a little walk because at that moment you kind of knew the game had turned. And it was so disappointing. That's because, when I saw you. That's yeah. when I saw you. I was walking towards you. <laughs> uh, and it just, it's disappointing because they were in this game. You know, they, they played really hard. They battled back on the road in the playoffs and they were there. And it's just, it hurt me because the national media and the other, you know, pundits will look at this and be like, well, they just came in there and they got their doors blown off. And that wasn't the case. That was not the case. But on the negative side, Bob, it's hard to win a football game. Things that stood out to me were 505 yards of total offense for San Fran, and they scored on eight of nine real possessions, not including the last one where they took knees. You're not going to win any game that way, let alone against a team of that caliber, letting them score an eight of nine. Yeah, eight of nine, 505. They had about 184 yards a yak. Uh, The Hawks also turned the ball over twice. The Niners did not turn the ball over at all. Both teams were good on third down. Time of possession was pretty close, and uh, first downs were close as well. Uh, the Hawks had to play a perfect one, and uh, that's not what happened, man. Yeah, it's it's always hard at the end of a season, man, um, because football just so the, the suddenness of it is you're playing, you're going 100 miles an hour, you're not thinking about anything but the game ahead, potentially continue on the playoffs, and then bam, done just like that. But uh, we'll we'll give flowers to everybody because there's a lot of them on the Seahawks that played well all season long. And in Santa Clara, there was guys making plays. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Showdown, what time it is? Holy captain! Geno Smith, 25-35, 253 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and one fumble lost. Now, when you think of Geno's stat line, you know, he still had a QB rating of 98.9. He had a great first half where he was 9 of 10 for 104 yards and a pass rating of 143.3. Fortunately, he couldn't sustain that in the second half. But with Geno, it's like, first of all, Geno just had the best season as a quarterback he's ever had in franchise history. Right. That's, I mean, that's Jim Zorn, that's Matt Hasselbeck, that's Russell Wilson, that's Dave Craig. He broke all kinds of records, broke records in attempts, completions, yards, completion percentage, which was first in the National Football League. Pro Bowler had 10 100 plus 100 yard rating games, joined the 30 club in terms of touchdowns. So Geno had an amazing year and he played well against the best defense in the league. But for anyone out there, I know you were going back and forth with some people on the text line that are really trying to blame this game on Geno. Yes, the turnover happened. Yes, there needs to be ball security in that moment. But and no, if you left that game thinking it was the Seahawks lost because of Geno Smith, you were out your damn mind. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, you definitely were. And um, there needs to be a bit more appreciation for Geno. Um, I'm getting both. I get a lot of Geno support, but I feel like I get a little bit too much of Geno blame. This guy had a good game and a great season. Ken Walker had 15 carries for 63 yards and one touchdown. It was his best game against the Niners all season, but you know how the game goes. You get behind. You can't run the football the way you wanted to, so he didn't get a lot of chances to really open the game up in the second half. Yeah, that was the thing I noticed, too. I was really impressed with Ken Walker. I thought he was decisive. He was getting downhill. He was making, you know, he was taking what was there. If it was block for three, he got four. That's just kind of what right. he did. So it was great to see Ken Walker, another dude, have a hell of a season, 1,000-yard rushing, all the numbers that go along with it. And then DK Metcalf, man. Man man amongst boys, straight up. Ten receptions, 136 yards, two touchdowns, that 50-yard touchdown that gave the Seahawks the lead. We're going to break that play down in, in the coach's corner. But DK Metcalf. What I loved about this bump is you, when the Seahawks re-signed him, they re-signed him as a superstar, game-changing receiver. And in the biggest stage, in the biggest moment, that's exactly what DK did. Yeah, and he was uh, an emotional leader out there too, man. Like, you know, DK plays with a lot of emotion. 
especially against a 49ers division rival. So yeah, I, I was happy to see him lead the charge. Ryan Neal had 10 tackles for, um, excuse me, eight solo out of those 10. It was his first game back since week 15. So you're kind of wondering how he's going to look. I think he did his thing. This guy was really impressed with those. Bruce Irvin, 35 years old, filling up the stat sheet against a division rival in the playoffs. Five tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, one QB hit. I was just talking on the show today with Stacey, and I go, it's great that he was making these plays, but no one expected him to play as much as he did and make a lot of these plays. So you tip your, your cap to Bruce, man, and, and appreciate him for his services. No question about it. You know, we also joked on the postgame show and, and Turbo specifically because we were talking about how, like, oh, we got him off the couch. And he's like, we're not coming off the couch. These men are working. We're trying to be <laughs> at it. Bruce was driving two hours each direction to go work out in Atlanta before he came back to Seattle. So he was ready to go. But to your point, no one – ever thought he'd be playing 75% of the snaps. But for him to do that at that moment is just love Bruce. I'm really happy. I'm hoping it's not the end. If it is the end for Bruce, I'm really happy that the third stint in Seattle was better than the second stint because he came back in 2020 towards ACL. Really got to show what he could do and, and really just be a leader for the young guys in the locker room. Like Anuchenna Nwosu, who's been around the block a little bit, but he still, this was really his first time being a full-time starter and he played really well. Um, I'm on that defense, even against San Francisco, three tackles, three TFLs, one QB hit. He was active all year long. So I loved what I saw from Chenna. Chenna Nwosu, man, he had himself a good year too, man. Him, DT, Bruce, these guys produced, man. Let's get to this wide receiver roundup. We mentioned DK he had 10 for 136 and a touchdown, two touchdowns, a long of 50. Kay Johnson, we saw a lot of him the last two or three games. He had three recesses for 39. Tyler Lockett, a quiet day, but still um, filled up the stat sheet a bit. Six for 39 on eight targets. Kobe Parkinson at three for 14. Noah Fant, one for 11. Dariq Young, a young man that I'm interested to see how he develops during the offseason. He had one for 11, and then Ken Walker had one for three. Yeah, I mean, led by led by your star, DK Metcalf, Kate Johnson, and... You mentioned Derek Young. That was really cool to see. K. Johnson off the practice squad. He has a cool story, so love to see him get some stuff in the stat book. And then Derek Young, I think he's going to take a, a huge step forward next year. I mean, coming from a small score, Lenore Ryan, Division II, to, to the National Football League, and then really make his presence felt on special teams all season long. And towards the end of the year with some injuries, got, got some burn in receiver. So love to see that from Derek. But let's get into the coach's corner for the, for the final time in the 2022 season, right when the Seahawks fans had – their moment of hope, their their redemption. If you knew a 49ers fan, maybe you're watching the game with a 49ers fan, you was up and your chest was out on this play as Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for a 50-yard touchdown. Geno from the shotgun has Dallas in the backfield with him, a slot to his left side and a tighter slot on the right side. Niners look like they want to blitz. They do. Geno steps. Geno throws deep down the near side. He's got Metcalf. Yes. Metcalf, touchdown. Seahawks! <laughs> Jimmy Ward tried to cover him. Forget about it. DK Metcalf down the left sideline. 50 yards for a touchdown. And the Seahawks are one point away from taking the lead on Super Wild Card Weekend. Chavarius Ward was the coverage man, and he could not keep up with Metcalf. A 50-yard touchdown on comes Myers for the PAT. Yeah, one I want to point out, uh, Dave Wyman, trying to contain himself. He was hyped <laughs> up, trying to leave, leave room for Rables to do his thing. But this is simple right here. Okay, 33. 
You want to bring six and get manned up on that on the back end? Well, let's do it. This is easy for Gino to pick out where he wants to go. He knows he's got to go to DK Metcalf. The safety was late getting over there. DK does a great job with his release. Nice little outside release, stacking the DB, leaving room on the sideline, getting behind him, just bigger, faster, stronger. Great play. couple of things I love in this play. Number one, when I was watching it live, I go, right when I see it, I go, okay. I'm counting. I'm like, oh, they're going to go zero here. And I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, I look down, I look down at DK, and I love DK and Tyler on the same side bump. So as a, as a safety, you can't you, – obviously, it's man coverage regardless, but you have t- 16 in front of you. You have one priority. Right. You can't look anywhere else for help. So you have that going for you one. And I go, if they're going to give a man-to-man, like, let's go. And my next thought was, okay, please, I hope they give Geno enough time to have an opportunity to throw this ball. And the cool thing I like about this play is Gabe Jackson, man. He has Nick Bosa lined up in front of him, does exactly what he's supposed to do. DJ Dallas does enough on the outside to protect, and then Geno does, does his thing. I think he was the most had the most underrated deep ball of any quarterback this season because I feel like coming into the year, we knew how good Russell's was. We talked about it at nauseum. But Geno's ball is perfect on that. DK Metcalf does what he does. And, man, I'll tell you, man, in that moment, there was a lot of really cool moments this year, Bump, between right. beating the Broncos the first game of the year to, you know, beating Detroit to – beating the Rams at last game, all the things that happened this year. In that moment, if I could stay in that moment <laughs> for, for those 30 seconds, that was one of the that was one of the funnest parts of the year, man. Just be, showing them this team. And it's just a for me, it's just a it's a tip of the iceberg for what these guys can accomplish where they're gonna go this season. So that was that was a cool to see. Now bump, this is tough because the clock ran out on the Seahawks season on Saturday. But we saw some flowers to give out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Hawks showed some real toughness and grit to battle back on the road from a 10-0 deficit to take the lead at halftime to a really good 49ers team. We talked about it just a little bit ago. Metcalf played like a superstar wide receiver. The 10 receptions, 136, two touchdowns, and it was really good to see that. And then Geno showed that not only can he take a team to the playoffs, that they can compete and he can go toe-to-toe with arguably arguably the best team in the NFC. Yeah, the youngsters, man, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas played a good game, not allowing Nick Bosa to take it over. Unfortunately, the Seahawks defense just could not stop the 49ers. It was a lot of explosive plays. They gave up 505 yards. That is too much. Only forced one punt. You mentioned earlier they scored out of eight out of nine possessions. You can't do that in the playoffs, especially against a good 49ers team. Yeah, man. And like we've been reiterating throughout this whole thing, the final lockup did not change how truly special this season was. This team had zero expectations and proved everybody wrong. The bar has been raised for next season. So, Bump, as you go into the offseason, we know the Seahawks are picking number five overall in the draft and a number 20 in the first round so you're definitely going to add talent to this team and this team obviously is going places what's your uh what's your final um when you think back to this season what's what are you going to remember the most like what's what's that word to go into the next season that you're going to take away from this year uh it's hard to say one word so i'll just give you a sentence how's yeah, that go. that'll work these guys were doubted all season they were doubted since gino was named the guy they were doubted when you make this move to this 3-4 defense and it's not working out early, um, but they still overcame and put themselves in position, in a position that no one thought they were going to be in. 
including me. I was skeptical at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I just want to see yeah. these guys play some good football. They did exactly that. You got a pro bowler on offense and you made the playoffs. No one expected you to be there. So me, I'm just proud of these dudes. Like, all right, well, now let's do what Pete Carroll said. Let's get better this offseason, man, and come back strong. Yeah, it's crazy to think that the optimism is alive and well in this building. Obviously, we know that from Pete and Josh Schneider and everything they've done to build this thing. I'm just looking forward to all of it, man. This offseason is going to fly by the draft. We're going to get some talented players. We have to continue to show love to the rookie class that we had this year. Are you kidding me? You find six starters from that group, two tackles that start every single gameplay, every snap. You find Tariq and Kobe Bryant, Boye Mafe, Dariq Young, Ken Walker. You, you, you should have had the offense-defensive rookie of the year, so got to show the rookie some love. And what I'm really excited about next year, Bump, is I like having some expectations. That was fun. Yeah. But next year, we know these guys are going to be good. They're going to compete. And I promise you, when they line up against those 49ers again, whatever happens to them this year, whether they win the Super Bowl, whether they lose this week, whether they go to the NFC Championship, whatever, when the Seahawks and 49ers line up next year, I promise you, on defense, it's going to be a different story. Let's well, go, boys. Have a good off season. It's been it's been fun. Me and Bump doing this twice a week. I appreciate everyone who's been listening on all of our platforms. We're gonna take a break. You know what I'm saying? Uh, visit with our families a little bit. This season's been long, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we'll definitely be back randomly throughout the off season. We got drafts. We got rookie mini camps. We got all those things coming to your way. If you want to catch anything updated on the Seahawks, go to Seahawks.com on all the channels on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the things. We'll keep you updated there. But for this season, 2022, it is over. For Michael Bumpus, I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been the recap edition of Hawk Talk. We will talk to you guys soon.